We're honored to have him with us. Also honored to have our friend with us, Brother Mike Oliver, Brother O, as we know him. He has been part of some of the great events uh, around this church. We look way back to, I suppose, one of the greater events of uh, my pastorate here, and that is uh, back six, seven years ago when we did Impact, and uh, he was an inspiration to that, and uh, I appreciate him so very much. His friendship has ran very long and very deep with my family for a long time. My wife introduced me to the Olivers. And uh, if I tell you how far back that was, I well, it might reveal a few things about our age. But let's just say he looks a lot younger than he actually is. But we're honored tonight to have Brother Oliver with us. He contacted me yesterday, told me he was going to be in service. And uh, after preaching this morning, I felt led of the Lord just to uh, shoot a text message to him today. And I asked him, you got a word for the church? He said, I feel faith. And so uh, he's going to come and open his heart in the word of the Lord tonight. Would you put your hands together and welcome our good friend, Brother Mike Oliver. Come and minister to us tonight. We love you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Feels exciting in here. Um, I tell you what, I whenever I get an opportunity to come and uh, worship with you, um, it's always encouraging. It's always fun. I mean, to the point that I've got to know some of you so well. You talk trash to me as soon as I walk in the door. <laughs> Makes me feel at home. <laughs> and. Um, Man, but it's um, coming up to Frankfurt and being with friends. And um, is it all right? I'll just call you family. Is that all right? All right, good. I'm glad you said yes, even though there's just one or two, but I'm glad you said yes. <laughs> Amen. But um, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. And I don't want to, um, the Lord was just speaking to me just a moment ago. And almost questioned me by asking me, are you offering up true worship? Is it just a, another service? Is it just another gathering? Is it just a time of fellowship? And um, I kind of felt a little bit uh, bad in my heart there. i like, well, Lord, yeah, I'm raising my hands. I'm going through all the motions. That's what it was. I was just going through the motions. I know it's hot outside. And it's hot in here. And, um, but you know what? I, I want a move of God. I don't know what anybody else wants. Maybe you just want your air conditioner and your recliner, your favorite TV show. I don't know what you want. And if that's what you really want, you're more than welcome to be dismissed early. But if you want a move of God, if you want change in your life, if you're tired of battling things that you battle each and every day, or maybe you're going through something right now that's don't know how you're going to make it, but yet you've stood there and you've not reached out to the Lord, you've not given it to Him, you'll probably carry it back home. And you'll, be, you'll leave here the same way that you came. When I come to God's house, it's a serious business. This is serious times. It's not time to play church. <laughs> God is coming back. 
the world is getting worse and worse by the day. I don't know about you, but I feel a little bit like Josh. I got to make it. And for me and my house, I'm going to make sure they make it. This is God's business. This is real business. And when I come into this place, man, I just I want to have all out church. <laughs> so if you got to make yourself comfortable tonight, do so. If you got to slip your shoes and socks off, well, go ahead. <laughs> I'm glad I ain't sitting beside you. <laughs> you got to take your tie off, your jacket off. I don't make yourself comfortable. But I want you to hear the word of God tonight, and I want you to respond to the word of God. And um, I'm a responsive preacher. I, I like response. You know, some people say, I don't preach for response. I preach for response. Because if you're responding, that means that uh, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm getting someplace. And I know that the word of God, it's, it's already promised. It'll go forth, and it will not return void. It'll do a complete work. And, man, what a church. You guys have experienced revival. Man, do you understand where you guys are at and what's going on? Do, do you really comprehend? Just it, This is exciting. Yeah. Getting ready to go to a new campus. Man, you've packed this place. <laughs> That's just the little fluff of it. But when you start talking about God has brought people back to life. <laughs> Those that were couldn't hear have, have gained hearing. Those that have was lost and, and now are found. That ain't just fluff. That's God's business. That's God's work. <laughs> and you've been a part of that. Come on, you've seen signs and wonders and miracles in this house. I've been here when, when the... I know how you minister to one another. I know how you minister to the guests that comes in the door. I know how you're a praying church and a shouting church. And... Don't want to ever lose that. That's what we live for. Man, could you imagine not having church, not having a place of worship, not having a place to come and, and feel what you feel tonight? Man, oh, man. Look at somebody beside you and just smile real big. Say, I'm happy, happy, happy. <laughs> Praise God. So you're going to preach with me? I noticed they kind of gave me the floor early. I, mean, I guess they're expecting me to preach long. I don't know. They know me. <laughs> See, I'm just warming up. All that time we just spent, I'm just warming up. <laughs> but, you know, that's the, way, that's the way it happens. You know what I'm talking about? You know, somebody, you know, everybody just thinks church is about ready to be over, and somebody feels the Holy Ghost, and they start laughing a little bit, and somebody else starts laughing, and somebody gets shoulders going, and, and the Lord just takes over, and we just hang out till midnight. Kids are under the pews asleep, and the adults are just having revival. Hey, man, you can't pray and have a life of prayer like you are involved in now and not have a move of God. Amen. Prayer changes things. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 12, verse 5. This is pretty familiar of Scripture. It's told, we read from it a lot, take apart, take it pieces and here and there and we preach from it but I feel like the Lord has has a message for us tonight amen Acts chapter 12 we're going to start reading I believe it's verse number 5 Peter therefore was kept in prison but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God 
for him. And when Herod had, had would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains, two chains. And the keepers, therefore, the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. And the light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel. Man, sometimes when God shows up and does something for us, and, and it, it just seems like a dream, don't it? <laughs> He's just so wonderful. But thought he saw a vision. And when they were passed in the first and the second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and passed through on one, through the one street. And forthwith the angel departed from him. Amen. We'll just stop reading there for a moment. Will you pray with me? Why don't you lift your hands? Put your Bibles down and just let's ask the Lord to speak to us. Oh, move on us. Move on us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> God, I'm in this house tonight. I want to be blessed. <laughs> God, I want to be set free. God, I want your delivering power in my life. Lead me and guide me. Hallelujah. Anoint us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Y'all can be seated if you want to. Don't get comfortable. <laughs> Amen. I know that there are those here tonight that you feel... Maybe some of you feel like you're in a prison. I know there's some that's wondering when it will all become easier. You ever wondered that? Come on. I, I know I'm not the only one in this place that has struggles. I know there's, there's, I'm not the only one in here that has battles in my life. Well, come on now. <laughs> and there's some of us in here that I'm sure that there's been times and even yet Maybe in this hour, there's desperate times in your life and you feel forsaken or maybe even forgotten. But I have come to proclaim to somebody tonight and announce to somebody tonight, before you know it, it will happen. Before you know it, God will show up. Before you know it, your breakthrough will happen. Before you know it, there will be an answer that will come. Your direction that you're seeking it will come to your door. It will knock on your door and it will, it will present itself as liberty to you and to your situation. Or that hopelessness that you have felt in the midnight hour becomes joy in the morning. Come on, somebody, help me. You won't have to be like, uh, it won't be like an electrician that you call or a locksmith that, calls up, that you call and they come up to the house and, and you're wanting to take care of a certain job or do some labor around the home and, and uh, just to find out that they don't have the qualifications for the job. Don't have the right tools for the job. You know, you call the locksmith, they show up and all they have is a hammer. What are you going to do with a hammer? Oh, I'm going to get your keys out for you. Bust your window out. There you go. Well, that's not what you was expecting. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He is without doubt God. 
Our Savior, our personal Savior, our Heavenly Father, a God that is touched by the feelings of our infirmities, that knows where we're in, our ins and our outs, and knows where we're at in all parts of our life. When He shows up, He shows up with the right tools. Oh, come on. I wish I had a preaching church with me right now. He is the right man for the right job. Come on. And he shows up and he has just what you need to get you in and out of your prisons that you might be feeling. He said, I am the I am. The old song says he's everything to me. My mother, my sister, my father. He's all to me. Everything I do in word and deed, I do it all in Jesus. Some people think that's crazy. Man, I'm going to see what the doctor has to say. That's fine. You ever thought about asking the Lord? <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to go out and buy me a new Corvette, man. Really? Probably ought to talk to the Lord about that before you make that decision. Maybe your wife, too. <laughs> but I live and I move. I remember my dad, and, and when I was at home as a young kid, I remember times that we didn't have no money. And, I mean, we, we, we ate and we had clothes and they may have been from Goodwill. We still shopped at Goodwill. But I, what I'm talking about is when I was at home, I remember, Dad, it, there might be a need that come up in our lives. And, and it, it may seem devastating at the time because $300, $400 for a new refrigerator was quite a bill back in then. <laughs> My dad, boy, he wouldn't, he wouldn't hesitate. <laughs> Bottle of oil. <laughs> Man, we always had a bottle of oil in the house because there was always something to pray for. It didn't matter if the car brakes went out or if the refrigerator went out or if the dryer quit tumbling the clothes. It didn't matter. You find my father in there with a bottle of oil just drowning the thing and saying, Hey, Lord, you know what I need in this hour. I don't have the money, but I've got a family i got to care for. I need you in this very hour. And man, God show up and all of a sudden that, that clothes dryer just start tumbling again. <laughs> that car would just start up again. <laughs> the gas tank, come on. I'm talking faith tonight. I'm talking the gas tank gauge would just kind of go up just a little bit. So dad had enough gas to go to work and back. Say, oh, Mike, you just, that was something defective with it. Oh, that was just something you just like Fonzie. Go up there and hit on the side of it and it start working. Now, it had nothing to do with Fonzie. Some of you too understand. Don't remember those happy days, do you? <laughs> but I'm talking about when a man of God, he would just sit there. He didn't care what anybody said. He didn't care what the neighbor said when he was out in the front yard paying over the car. And all of a sudden, there would be he'd, he'd get out there and he's just a travailing. And, and all those kids were in there closing up the blinds and calling our friends and saying, "Can I come to your house? Can I live at your place?" My dad is embarrassing, but dad'd be out there and he'd be travailing over that old car. And all of a sudden, he'd start talking in tongues and you'd say, "Oh my God, he's really lost it." Man, he'd put the key in that ignition and it'd fire right up. He'd go to work and back. And the next day, if, he, if it didn't start, guess what? He's still out there saying, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody know that to be true. Come on, he's all that I need as long as I've got King Jesus. I don't need nobody else. It doesn't matter if my family wants to serve him or my wife wants to follow him or my family goes with me or without me. I'm telling you, for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord till the day I die. Woo! He's my shelter, my water, my rock in the time of storms. 
And when you're still thinking about it, wondering about it, and pondering about it, what to do, hoping and and doubting, if anyone really cares, God will bust out. He will bust you out. He will show up. He will make a way where there seemeth to be no way. He'll make a way that you've never seen coming. You sit back and you try and you're in our weak minds and wonder how God's going to work this out and how he's going to work this out. But we can't comprehend the way. His thoughts are above my thoughts. His ways are above my ways. But he's still touched by the feelings of my infirmities. God knows the way that I take. And when I come forth, I may have been tried. I may have been beat up a little bit along the way, but I found an answer. And I'm better for it. I'm stronger for it. My faith, it's increased for it. Because I know if he's done it once, he'll do it again. Over and over and over. The psalmist said, it was good for me that I have been afflicted. Don't make any sense, does it? Not now. That I might learn thy statutes to know his power, to know his deliverance, to know how his healing power works in our lives. Would you really have faith in God if you never had a sick day in your life? Would you really know him to be a healer? If he had never healed you before or you've never been sick before. <laughs> There's times you, you wish to God. You know, you say those things and sometimes uh, God might send something along the way just to show you just who he is and what he is and what he can accomplish in your life. <laughs> I just decided a long time ago, yeah, Lord, you don't have to send nothing my way. I'm a, I'm a believer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need none of that stuff. <laughs> I'm a believer all the way. <laughs> Tell somebody, look at somebody and say, before you know it, he'll show up. Come on, tell somebody, say, before you know it, he'll show up. If God can use King Herod to bring the church to their knees, what is God using in your life to get your attention? It is sometimes that our circumstances in one's life that brings us to the realization of what God wants us to experience or to know about Him. Something that we might be facing. It, is, it could be a crisis. It could be a problems. It could be a marriage. The feeling of hopelessness that we see to where we find ourselves wanting to pray in a very fervent way making us drawn closer to God. It doesn't matter what your name is or where you're born, what your degree, who you are, what you drive, how much money you got in the bank, what side of town or what side of the tracks you're from. (laughs) Not everything works in your life all the time. Hello. You just thought it was going to be a cakewalk, didn't you? Finding out it's a little bit different than that. (laughs) It is called the friction or the happenings in one's life or the slaying of others around us that causes us to focus. Somebody hear me out just a few minutes. 
someone else, a family member going through an illness, or may you may see another brother or sister that are in a crisis, that they're going through something devastating in their life. And we tell ourselves, man, I need to be careful. You ever been there? <laughs> we seem to focus or we want to move a little closer in our relationship with God. This fervent prayer we find here in the scripture was bought with the blood of the disciples. Just previously in the early church, the disciples, before they had taken Peter to prison, they, Herod had killed several of the disciples at that point. And then you find the church in prayer. The early church may have not went to prayer if the circumstances was different. You ever thought of that? If they had not seen their comrades slain, they may have thought, ah, it's just another day. What's well, Monday night prayer? Somebody else will show up in my place. <laughs> Pastor will never know if I was there or wasn't. Hello. What is God using of someone else's pain to teach you? To wake you up? To shake you? To bring you to your knees? That makes you call on God? To make you really reach for Him? I wonder if there was another way that it all could have happened in the Scripture that would have not sent Peter to the innermost part of the prison or the other disciples hadn't been killed. Could God have gotten... His message across to the church to pray without some personal pain. But just preaching about prayer and the prayer and the power of prayer, just reading about it or signing a sheet for the 24-hour prayer, hello, reading a book or teaching a series on prayer does not produce a praying church. Come on now. I know you guys are entering into a series. I don't know what your pastor's taught you or what's been said already, but this is what God gave me tonight. <laughs> but when you see others fall behind the sword and the enemy says that you're next, when a person sitting across the aisle from you in your church or in your neighborhood and they become under attack, come on somebody right now, help me. You won't care who's preaching or teaching on a Wednesday night. You won't worry about how pretty that the church is or how big it is or how small it is or if you're sitting on some logs or padded pews. You won't care how hot it is outside or how hot it is in here or how cold or how snowy it is outside. You won't worry about the fight of traffic to get to church or how bad that the kids are acting up. Come on. Well, I just don't feel like it. It's just not my day. I don't feel like it. It's too hot outside. I just want to keep the kids in. I want to enjoy my weekend at the, at the house, at the home. I want to enjoy my chair for a change. Too busy over there at that church. I just don't, don't feel like being too involved, but I like being a part of it. It's my church. I like saying it's my church, but I really don't want to be involved in it. Well, let me fast forward here. Oh, I can't. That was the Holy Ghost talking. Sorry. 
But honey, I bet if you walk if you woke up tomorrow morning. And you found a lump or a knot in your breast. Or if the doctor called you and said, hey, the results are back from your CAT scan, your MRI. The blood work is back. I need you to come in and sit down so we can have a consultation. I need to talk to you about what I found. Honey, I don't care if it come hell or high water. You would make sure that you came to the house of God. Oh, come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Come on, you can find every excuse you want. But you've got to be faithful to the house of God and to God's business. Come on, you expect him to show up when you've been unfaithful? No. It's a better deal with him. He said if we're faithful in a few things, he would be faithful in many. Come on. I know either in, the, in this place there's a cloud of witnesses. God's touched your mind. He's healed your body time and time again. Yeah, something shows up bad in our lives, and it's tragic. Boy, we sure know how to find God then. <laughs> we sure do know how to pray then. <laughs> Woo! I mean, we get all dignified about it. We close ourselves. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Close myself up in the closet. I'm going to have some intercessory prayer, and I'm going to stay in there for four hours. You probably ought to be doing that all the time. You probably wouldn't be battling some of the things that you're battling. Hello. (laughs) But I want to know, I want to tell you something. Prayer does work. And it is powerful. And when we pray in His name, guess what? He shows up. He doesn't... Even with our faults and our failures and our shortcomings, he still says, hey, I'm still going to meet you. I'm still, you're still a child of mine, and I want to have a relationship with you. And I'm still going to touch you, even though with all your faults and your failures, I know you've kind of strayed. I know you've kind of been out of the lines a little bit. I know you've been bitter here and bitter about this. But, hey, I'm here right now. I'm here to renew you in your mind and in your spirit. I don't know about anybody else, but I want God to renew me each and every day. Paul said, I talk in tongues more than you all. Why? Because it's a renewal. And it's a flow. You get too long in the Holy Ghost and just sitting back like this all the time, nothing's flowing. You're just a stagnant pond out there. You won't catch no fish. You won't... But you get in one of those streams... Nice and cold, and it's flowing over the rocks, and you got all the rapids and everything, and it's fresh. It makes you feel good. That's what the Holy Ghost does. You got to keep moving, and you you want those live waters and those moving waters. I don't want to become stagnant in my walk with God. Oh Lord, help me. The other interesting part of the scripture is that Peter was just snatched away from his ministry. He was placed in the innermost part of the prison. He was placed two wards deep. I don't know what they were scared about. 
Why would you have to take him two wards deep? I ain't got to get him that deep for. Then they want to put two guards beside him, chained to him, like he's going somewhere. (laughs) And he's in jail, and it is the night before his execution, and some of the other disciples has already been killed. Herod has already proven he plans on to killing Peter too. And the only reason why there was a delay is because of the Sabbath that the sun had set and they wasn't going to put him to death on the Sabbath. But Peter knew he was going to be put to death. That's what was expected the next day. And Peter's in the innermost part of the sanctum of that prison, chained down, connected, locked up, ready to be executed. And he's asleep. Hello. Asleep. He is asleep. Are you serious? Are you kidding me? This is cussing Peter we're talking about. It's the fighting Peter that we're talking about. It's the cut your ear off Peter. And this is the same Peter that was about ready to be executed. This boy was violent. But now, he's asleep. (laughs) Somebody going to help me? The church is passive, but it is aggressive. Oh, come on, help me. Let me say it again. The church is passive, but it is aggressive. (laughs) Peter is asleep. He's on death row the night before his execution. And if there was no guards at all, I still would be up. (laughs) No way I would be able to rest. I can't even rest knowing I have a phone bill to pay or the grass needs to be mowed. Or wondering why it would be my agenda for them tomorrow, which reminds me. I had somebody at camp said they drove past my house the other night and said, they came to me at camp. Said, hey, uh, we drove past your house the other night. I wanted to show somebody your house. I said, is that right? Yeah. Your grass wasn't mowed. I'm like, I want to say, what is it of your business if I got my grass cut or not? I didn't invite you over. <laughs> but they know me. They didn't expect the grass to be a little high. Well, I just had it seeded and I had it fertilized. That was the rest of the story. And the other half was it really wasn't none of their business. But I do keep my grass groomed. I like the lines in it. Dark and light, dark, light, dark, light. I like the front, the edge on it. That's just me. But you see, Peter, he wasn't worrying about anything. And he was facing death. He was going to be executed tomorrow. (laughs) I'd be one of those guys like, hey, dude. You know, soldiers look over at me and they're like, what can I get for you, man? What can I do for you? I got some hookups on the outside. <laughs> you want a deal? I got it. <laughs> I mean, I would be, <laughs> sleeping would be far from my mind. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he says, he says, he says that's exactly you. <laughs> yeah, I'd be saying, hey, dude. I heard, your, I heard your boy wants some new Jordans, man. 
I got the hook up. It ain't going to cost you nothing. <laughs> I sure wouldn't be sleeping. But the same faith that has the church up all night in fervent prayer is the same faith that allowed Peter to sleep all night. Oh, come on, somebody. He had just seen God work miracles through him. He had just seen God add some 3,000 people to the church. He had just seen the dead raised, the blind receive their sight. When God uses you, come on, when God uses you, it all will work together. He will increase your faith. When God sets a precedent and has shown you what he can do, he has every intention of doing it again and again and again. If he brought you out of this prison one time, he'll bring you out of the prison the next time. If he's healed your body one time, him. Because I know God to be able. Come on, say he's able. Look at somebody and say he's able. Slap somebody and say he's able. You have seen it in this place. You've seen God put breath back in the lives of people. Unstop the ears, heal the sick, make ways out of no ways. You've heard the testimonies all over this congregation. We could go for days and days and days. And allowing each and every one of you to get up here with a microphone. And I promise you, you would just talk, 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 talk. Because God's been good to you. That's what John said. He said, hey, gather all the books you can get. And I'm probably going to need a whole big package of ink too. It still would not be able to hold what all I've got to say about what God has done for me. And His greatness and His goodness. All the books of the world could contain His goodness. I don't know what it is that's plaguing somebody today in this place. What keeps you up all hours of the night, pacing the floors? What makes you worry and fret? What keeps your mind in a twisted state? But look to your neighbor right now. Tell them before you know it. It will happen. God will show up. Come on, look at him and say, God will show up. He's always on time. But the church is praying. The way is being prepared. God is working on a plan of your escape. Now Peter is asleep. What an incredible testimony of his faith. Asleep. Facing execution. No one normally could not handle. Somebody that never could handle storms. But yet he's asleep in a prison. But he's in one of the biggest storms of his life. And he's still sleeping. What is it that he knows that causes him to rest when others to faint? What is it that causes him to be calm and others in crisis? What is the difference that, what is it that he knows that's able, that allows him to be able to bear the storm? Yet a few pages prior to in the scripture, he could not stand. Now we look at Peter and how he's grown to be able to now rest in Jesus. There's nothing like the peace of the Lord. <laughs> 
lay your head down at night and just feel the peace and the mercies and the blessings of the Lord. There's nothing like it. Passive faith. It is still radical faith. Oh, come on now. I'm getting ready to wrap this up. Y'all getting sweaty, I understand. Overactive, I understand. <laughs> but it's that calm faith that reaches out in that quiet, still, slow, not to be noticed, touch the hem of a garment. Is <laughs> just as radical. And magnificent faith that calls Samson to take a jawbone of an ass and slay 10,000 Philistines. Both types of faith are working at the same time in this text. And while Peter's asleep, that passive faith and that aggressive faith, it meets and it comes together. And the angel appears. <laughs> it's not like the angel knocks on the door and says, hey, FedEx, UPS. Excuse me, I have a delivery. He doesn't say, sorry, may I speak, excuse me, may I approach the bench, may I say something? No, no, somebody help me. God does not need somebody's permission to show up to your situation. Oh, you didn't get that, did you? Let me read it again. I said, God does not need anybody's permission to show up into your situation or your crisis or the finances that you're suffering or the job that you're looking for or the marriage you're trying to get to work or the car you're trying to get to fire up or the pay raise or the food that you need in the pantry or the deliverance that you need for your children. God don't need nobody's permission for that. He just shows up because he sees you praying in an intercessory fervent prayer for your children, for the church, and he shows up. Oh, come on. Somebody clap your hands. Woo. He doesn't knock. He just appears. He's an on-time God every time. He doesn't run late. He just, he just knows where you're at. And it doesn't, he ain't just keeping track of you. You think your trouble keeps him busy? No, 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 no. You got it all wrong. Because life is full of troubles and trials and tests. We all have our problems. Except some of your self-righteous folk that just don't have no problems. Like to meet you. <laughs> like to be you. <laughs> no, 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 no. But when God, he knows what you need. And he knows what I need. Brother Gary, he knows what you're facing. He knows your business. I kind of keep it undercover. No, you don't. You only have a business because God's allowed you to have a business. 
Your business is only blessed because he's allowed it to be blessed. You think it is all about you? No, it's a fervent praying church that's been praying on your behalf for you to be blessed. God's blessing you because somebody's praying for you. It doesn't matter what my shortcomings is. Somebody's praying for me. Pastor, it doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter where I've been. I still got a pastor that's praying for blessings on my life, on my children, on my home. Oh, man, this church ought to be standing to your feet, clapping your hands, and thanking God for a praying pastor. Thanking God for a church that loves you. Praying. Thanking God that there's a brother or a sister standing beside you that wants to see you prosper. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He doesn't run late, but he's always on time. Thinking about giving up, don't do it. Feel like throwing in a towel, don't do it. Victory, it's just over the horizon. It's almost home time. The angel doesn't knock, he just appears. Peter finds a bright light standing over him. The angel is not all, not very nice about it. You can be seated if you like. You thought I was done. I didn't take my jacket off yet. <laughs> Do got a towel. <laughs> and he is he's kind of rough with Peter, the angel is. He kind of speaks rough to him a little bit. <laughs> you ever thought of it that way? You ever read it? Peter told him, get up. And the angel told him, Peter said, get up. Gird thyself. Get your stuff together. I bet he slapped him upside the head because he was asleep. He wanted me to move. <laughs> oh my, come out. Angel said, I didn't come for your comfort, Peter. I came for your crisis. He says, Get up. And then he says, Make haste. Make haste. Pronounce that with me. Look at somebody say, make haste. <laughs> Move quickly, preacher. That's what it means. Why is the angel in such a hurry? It's not like that he's scared that he can get beat up by the guards. But when you're talking about the king's business, it requires haste. If you're going to do something for God, you can't be lethargic about it. Oh, hello. Man, I'm stepping on everybody's toes tonight. Or you can't be a snail or move like a snail or some kind of turtle. Well, I'm thinking about working for the kingdom. I'm thinking about showing up on work day. Yeah, I might just go over there and push the broom around. I might just drive around the campus. That way I can say I've been there. I'm working on it. I'm gradually going to come around. Eventually I will come out of this prison. And I am going to be mighty worker for the kingdom. Be involved in the church. No. Make haste. Make haste. When God speaks to you. Oh my. 
when God speaks to you or grace comes and speaks to you, it's time to make haste. When God says it's over, it's time to make haste. When God says, come on, now this is your turn. When God, when God says it's over, make haste. When God says, I'm bringing you out, it's time for you not just to wait around and sit in some pity party, but it's time to get up on your feet and make haste. It's time to move. When God says, I'm bringing you out, don't wait on it. You got to move. Your pocket purse and your bank account. Make haste. Don't wait on her, on your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Don't ask your daddy or your mama or your family or your so-called best friend. Honey, it's time for you to make haste. Our problem is we sit around and we wait and we wait and we wait. We're kind of like the guy who was around the pool and he just sat there 38 years and it seems like it would be easy to blame everybody else because they walk past you. Well, I don't have no money to put me in. You went out of your prison. How many times has the Holy Ghost come to you and tells you to get up and make haste and walk with me? Let me show you the light. And you still sit there like a bump on a log. This is my agenda. It's my schedule. It's my life. No, it's not. Look at somebody and tell them, say, you better make haste while you can. You best quit trying to make excuses while you can't. And you better come out of it right now. Whew. Glory. How am I doing on time, folks? I'll just keep going. Okay. Thank you. When grace comes to get you out, you best quit worrying about what everyone else is saying. That is the problem with some we're worried about so-and-so. Who cares? I need the Lord. Man, if, you're, if, if getting your blessing, if somebody's standing between you and your blessing, and you're like, well, I don't know what they'll think. About. They might think I'm backslid and all this. Who cares? I got to be saved. You're going to get in them. It's bad enough when the devil gets in your way. But when the saint of God or your brother or your sister becomes a stumbling block for your blessing. Oh, he shut that up. Now it's the Holy Ghost. Come on. You better take heed because the Holy Ghost... You're going to get all up in your brother or your sister's business. You're going to judge them whether they're, what they're going through or what they might be facing is because it's sin in their life. Shame on you. For such were some of you that have been washed and you've been cleansed and you too walk in the mercies and the grace of God. The old song says... What is that? Uh, ran Rover, ran Rover. Send somebody over. Buddy, I'm going to tell you something. You get in the way of my blessing and I'll run right over you. Because <laughs> greater is he that is in me than he or you 
that's in the world. If grace comes to heal you, you best come on out. Move right now. You best take up your bed and walk. You need to quit talking by, to yourself, reasoning with yourself, making excuses for yourself or your own dysfunctions. When the anointing of God comes to get you out, to raise you up, to touch your mind, to put your marriage together, you better take heed to the Holy Ghost. Get up and make haste because He's getting ready to lead you through something. Either you're going to get it over it or you're not. Quit taking up every, everyone's else time. You know what God spoke to you? You don't need a babysitter. You've been in the church for years. You know when the Holy Ghost is talking to you. And you know when you got the devil sitting on the other shoulder talking to you. <laughs> Rebuke that devil. He shall flee from you. Neither. Forget it. Or not. Either you're going to forget it or you're not. Either you're going to go and offer forgiveness or you're not. Either walk in it or you're not. Stop laying around in your pity party saying, I'm eventually going to come out of this. The devil's a liar. When God's glory shows up in your life, it's time to break free. Say, well, Brother Oliver, I've been in this for years. That might be some of your problem. You've just been in it. You ain't been moving with it. You remember the day when God set you free, when he broke the chains of bondage? See, that's your problem. You've put your Holy Ghost experience up on a shelf somewhere, and you covered it up. You've taken the label off it so it can't be identified. But the Holy Ghost is identifying somebody tonight because I'll feel it right now. <laughs> well, slap somebody and tell them, say, I'm coming out right now. <laughs> it ain't going to be six months from now. It ain't going to be six years from now. It ain't going to, I'm not waiting for next Sunday night. <laughs> it ain't going to be after the holiday or the kids' vacation <laughs> or after the summertime is over. <laughs> I'm coming out right now. I see grace and I see mercy and I see prayers of the church. And I'm coming out right now. I refuse to be slow when God is working fast. He said, as you see the light, walk therein. The day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart. When I send my angel, don't make him have to drag you out. Make haste. <laughs> I don't know who, you, who I'm preaching to tonight, but you need to make haste. And you need to get out right now. So the chains fall off while the guards are sleeping. <laughs> I thought they were connected. They were. That's what the Bible says. They were connected. <laughs> but the Bible says that his chains fell off. God said, when I bring you out, even those 
that are the closest to you won't even know what I did when I did it. <laughs> Somebody help me, help me, help me, help me. They will be sleeping on both sides of you. I said, they'll be sleeping on both sides of you. You may feel the enemy breathing down your neck on both sides of you. <laughs> he said, I'm going to bring you out. You don't have to wait on a witness. Oh, man, give me some organ. You're going to sit up there and then play it. He said, I will bring you out. Don't wait on a witness. Come on now. Don't say, man, did you hear that? What do you think? Do you see that? I'm getting in the rhythm here. Come on. Do you think I ought to buy it or not? Do you think I need that car or not? Do you think I ought to seek after this or that or not? Somebody help me. He says, when I speak to you, it's going to be directly to you. He ain't going to be playing that game where you whisper something to somebody and they whisper something to somebody else. And that person whispers, and before you know it, nobody has a clue what was in the beginning of it. No, when God shows up and the chains fall off. And the enemy on both sides of you are just in a deep a coma. They have no idea what's happening. But God is speaking to you. He's saying, get up. Gird thyself. Take all your belongings. Round them up. Oh, come on. Somebody clap your hands. You can stay standing with me right now. Uh-huh. Now I'm about done. Woo. Glory. See, when I speak to you, you're going to know I'm speaking to you. Paul said, I conferred not with flesh and blood. You don't have to wait on everybody else to feel what you feel when you feel what you feel. He said that again, don't I? Some of you just stood up and you're just waking up. Paul said, I conferred not with flesh or blood. You don't have to wait for everybody else to feel what you feel when you feel what you feel. You have to operate between you and God. When God says for you to make haste, I don't care what you're connected to. It doesn't matter if you got an enemy on all sides. He's going to break loose the chains that's holding you back and keeping you from your freedom and your liberty. And you're going to come out of that prison or out of that situation with joy and happiness and peace in the Holy Ghost. Come on, look at somebody and say, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. You can sleep in your mess if you want to, but I got to go. You can stay in the den of lions if you, if you want to, but I've got to go. You can feel sorry for yourself and cry yourself asleep every night if you want to, but I, I got to get up and go because the Lord's calling me to deeper places.
Come on, touch five people around you and say, I got to go. Hallelujah. Every escapee in this house needs to give God some praise. Oh, you didn't escape from prison? Uh-huh. Some of you still bound. You don't remember hearing the chains fall off when God came and called you out? When the angel of the Lord showed up on your doorstep and said, I'm taking you, I'm going to lead you to some higher ground and to some freedoms? He that the Son has set free is free indeed. Come on. Either you're free or you're not. This is where I'm feeling faith. <laughs> I hope I've rattled somebody's chain in here tonight. He taught. Ah, Holy Ghost. Come on, every hand in this building ought to be raised. If you ain't raising it, then you're bound. For when we offer up praise and thanks to God, He inhabits the praise. That's where you find liberty. I want you to look at somebody right now. Tell them. Say, gather your stuff. Bring it with you when you come out. Tell them. Say, bring it with you. Pack it up. Say, you're coming out. Everything you lost, everything that the devil's taken, everything that he's stolen, everything that he's kind of slid past you, everything that he's taken from you, you're going to take it with you. Get packing your bags. Brother Dan, it just makes me want to get my little red wagon out. Because the enemy has taken some stuff over the years. I just can't carry it all. That's me, me, my little red wagon. Brings back memories, don't Danny? <laughs> no, it's not really a red wagon. It's a horse-drawn wagon. Because the enemy has taken too much from me. Oh, from you, brother? Oh, yes, from me. You think I was just born yesterday? No. I'm old. Your pastor even said it. Just trying to look young. See me out here sweating it out and buffing and everything. I'm still young. But over the years, the enemy has taken things from me. He's stolen time from me. He's taken time out of prayer rooms from me. He's taken victories that were supposed to be mine, and he's taken them away from me, and I've never experienced them. There's times that I was supposed to have joy in that testimony, and he's taken away from me. He's distorted it. He just said, oh, it's just life. It's just been good to you. No. It's been the grace and the mercies of God that's followed me all the days of my life. (laughs) 
I'm coming out. Everything I've lost, I'm taking it back. I'm taking it with me. And the angel told Peter, said, put your clothes on. Wrap your garments up. Grab your coat. Because when you come out, you're going to bring everything that is yours out with you. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm getting ready to get it all back. Say, I'm taking the whole farm. <laughs> Tractor two. <laughs> Give me my clothes. Give me my coat. Give me my job. You lost your job? God's got another one for you, and it's a better one. Give me my promotion. Yeah, they may be interviewing people after people in front of you, but God's got a promotion for you. <laughs> Give me my reputation. I don't care what they say in the past. Yes, I was a sinner, and I'm saved by grace. And now I'm walking like a king's kid. I've got a reputation, and I like my reputation. Give me my marriage back. You're suffering. You're arguing. You're bitter at one another. Come on. Let God put it all back together again. I think I can find somebody else a little better. You looked at yourself. Ain't nobody looking for you. You better hang on to the blessing that God gave you. Cherish your marriage. Love your spouse. That wasn't in there. Give me my son. Give me my daughter. Give me my family. Come on, how many times you come to this altar and you never pray for your backslidden daughter or your backslidden son or your family that's away from God? You come and you say, God, it's my need. It's mine. It's mine. It's, this is what I need. It's, it's all about me. No. Let, let the Spirit make that intercessory for you. You start praying for somebody else. And you watch what the Spirit will do on your behalf. Well, that's why he said when two or three are gathered in my name touching any one thing. That's because it changes the whole thing. It, it's all changed. It's all different. When we start praying in the spirit and in fervency. I am really. I'm almost done. My shirt's going to melt off of me. But don't hurry. That would be embarrassing. Find out how really old I am. <laughs> the Bible says that they went from the innermost part of the prison. They kept walking out. And then when they got to the iron gate, y'all going to help me now? <laughs> With all the latches and all the locks, the iron gate, it was big. It was the final barrier between Peter and total freedom. Uh-oh, help me. You know what? The enemy thinks that he can keep us bound by more latches and locks and more added. He ain't got nothing. He's a wimp. Talks a big game. It was the last enemy to fall. It was the last thing that separated him from his purpose. I come to tell somebody in this house today that that thing Whatever it is, has been standing in your way, standing in the way of your destiny, 
standing in the way of that blessing. That issue that you have, that you've put it in the back of your mind trying to forget it, but it always seems to distract you. It always seems to get in the way. That seed of doubt that, that you hang on to, that question that you ponder and you have pondered for years, that bitterness that is seeded against your brother or your sister or your church. That hurt that you carry, that spirit of lust and desire that you can't seem to shake. That gate is opening up right now. It's time for you to step into the liberty and the freedom of the Holy Ghost. Touch somebody beside you and tell them, say the gate's open. (laughs) That one thing that you could not open for yourself. The one thing you could not break through by yourself. That one thing that you could not fix on your own. Look at your neighbor and say, the gate is open. The gate is open in your life. It's open to your marriage. The gate is open to your health. My God, somebody needs to leap, shout, dance, holler, run, something. The gate is open over your life, over your finances. Come on. The angel did not open the gate. The Bible says they walked out to the gate. And that gate opened on its own accord. Come on. This is... This is free for all. Who in the house you're hurting, you're battling, you're fighting. Come on. The gate is open. God just wants you to come and get it. Come on. I know there's people that's battling in this place. The Holy Ghost talk to me. Come on. I want you to raise your hands and close your eyes all across this building. And if the Holy Ghost is talking to you, come on. I'm talking real stuff. Stuff that we battle. Come on. Come on, let's hit. Come on. If you're in the house of God tonight, there's stuff that you're battling in your finances or in your life or in your mind. There's a battlefield going on with the enemy. Come on. The gate is open. Before you know it, God's going to show up and he's going to show out and he's going to lead you out and lead you through. Come on, I feel victory. Come on, everybody. Come on, gather real close. Come on, everybody. Come on, the gates are open. God's got liberty for somebody. God's got blessing for somebody. Come on, the chains have been broken.
Come on, hey. Come on, I want somebody just to fill up the Holy Ghost right now. Holy Ghost ain't done in here. Come on, some of you's already made up your mind. Well, yeah, it's 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 another work week coming up. I'm just uh just just not feeling it tonight. Not feel so good in my body. The more so you ought to be up here. Come on, I want the church. I want you to just seek after the God right now, and I want you to let the Spirit let the Spirit minister to you. And if the Lord guides you, the Lord asks you to seek out somebody and talk with somebody, pray with somebody. I don't want you to go dozing up in somebody's business, but I want us to support one another. I want us to pray for one another. Come on, a church that will pray. That's ultimately what got Peter out of that prison. It was the church that closed themselves up together in fervent prayer. Come on, shout. Shout. Come on, somebody shout. Give it some praise up in here. Shout with the voice of triumph. 